0: Incoming transmission from Planet X. Hello, my little aliens. Welcome to another episode of Planet X Podcast. I am your humble, now fully vaccinated host, Kyle. Today we're going to be talking about a DC Black Label and I'm going to give my thoughts on the Hulu Marvel mouthful Modoc series so first let's catch up with the host what have i been up to in the nerdy realm still playing a lot of mtg arena getting more and more into that built a white and blue deck that kind of actually works discovering more and more And DM me if you agree on this, at Planet X Podcast on Instagram, Planet X on Facebook, and also Planet underscore X underscore pod on Twitter. So we're active on all the platforms now. I would love, or maybe, I I guess maybe you have to be friends with someone, but full chat features with whoever you're playing, or barring that, a good fuck you button. Cause there's certain, there's certain people you play, there's moves that are made and you can tell, like you either want to tell that person, fuck you, or they want to tell you, fuck you. And it's both delightful to give and receive. Fuck you is such a great phrase. Case in point, I, I've been running this blue, white mill deck that it's creatureless, it, it works pretty well. It's very all in on control. And two games I was playing just before I start recording this podcast. One, I have the guy beaten. He knows he's beaten, but throws a little, uh, a burn spell at me, hits me for 10 before he scoops. I felt like that was a good fuck you. You know, I was on the receiving end of a good fuck you. The next game... I'm, again, milling this guy's ass, and then I get hit with, uh, I believe, a Crackling Overload and a kazoul's Fury throws a thirty-one, thirty-one at me. I didn't have an Unsummon. I couldn't do anything. So I was winning the entire game until the moment I lost it. That's the beautiful and frustrating thing of Magic. I wanted a good fuck you button for, for that guy. I mean, good game. Absolutely good game, but also fuck you. Like, how, how many times does that deck actually fucking win? It, that deck was made to be milled. He let me turn after turn put his instant and sorcery spells in his graveyard just so he could throw that experimental overload at me. So... Good on him. I was a little pissed off. I had I'd gone through a lot of cards in my deck. I didn't have an unsummon, and I couldn't tap the thing uh, quick enough with my Ice Bind Pillars, so I lost. Good game, but also fuck you. In the comic book realm, I'm reading through some uh, the Batman Volume Three black and whites. So those are everyone's doing anthologies right now. So there's the Superman red and blue. There's the black man, black and white. Uh, there's the carnage, like, uh, white, red and blood, something like that. I don't know the fucking colors, but, um, they're all pretty good. I'll say that all pretty good. Enjoy reading them. What I'm really enjoy reading is I'm starting on the Hickman run of fantastic four. And There's a couple of there's a couple of reasons why I'm choosing to read that right now. One, becoming more and more of a fan of Fantastic Four, like as a comic, it works so well, which is frustrating as a comics fan to see how the movies didn't work, but sort of where they did and why that still wasn't great. There's going to be a longer discussion on that very topic on next week's new shit has come to light that I do with Jason of, uh, this does Disney and tonight we Marvel. We're going to really pick apart where the MCU needs to go with fantastic four. Um, I am a huge fan Graham at Kyle collects comics. I, I love Jonathan Hickman. I read a lot of his books. I've read a lot of his X-Men stuff. I am loving decorum as much for Hickman's writing as uh, Mike Huddleston's art. His art, Mike Huddleston's art on the decorum book is fucking transcendent. So if you're not reading that book and you are a comics fan, if you are not a comics fan, read decorum. It will make you a comics fan. Decorum represents everything that is great about a comic book. Speaking of comic books, today we're talking about DC Black Label. DC Black Label, Little History Lesson, is the continuation of the Vertigo imprint. So, you used to have DC Vertigo back in the day. Great titles over the years. Personally, a fan of Transmetropolitan from the now-canceled, and deservedly so, Warren Ellis. And... Uh, didn't get so much into fables, did read a little bit of the Sandman stuff. Uh, Global Frequency, I think also from Warren Ellis, was a big Warren Ellis fan a few years ago until uh, the stuff came out that he's a shitbag. But hey, that happens in the entertainment business all too often, unfortunately. But now we have DC Black Label. And what I appreciate about DC doing is their comic books get right what their movies and so many other things. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna track that. In some ways, I'm happy that DC doesn't do, doesn't have the kind of continuity that Marvel does. Marvel comics, I read a lot of them. I love Marvel characters. I was just talking about the Fantastic Four and their ent- their ecosystem. While I don't think the Fantastic Four has a very deep bench of villains, obviously they've got a lot of villains, but as far as like good villains, not a hell of a lot. Galactus, Doctor Doom, it starts thinning out pretty quick from there. But, Marvel, and now that they've been acquired by Disney, have sort of made a bet that all of their comics are going to be for the under-17 crowd. And obviously, as someone who grew up like in the 80s, probably started reading comics as early as like 88, 89, then, you know, Marvel seems to have made a bet that I'm either going to be satisfied reading their under 17 stories. And that's not to say that all of Marvel's books are teeny bopper books. Marvel has incredible writers on staff. Shout out Jason Aaron. Shout out. Dan Slot, shout out Chip Zadarsky. Zadarsky? Darsky? Uh, He's invited to the show, if you can clarify the pronunciation of your name. So they're telling great stories, but those stories have handcuffs on them. Because if you look at a lot of what those writers do in other imprints, again, let's use Chip Zadarsky as. An example, and Chip, if you're listening, I apologize if I am mispronouncing your name. But Chip has done books like Sex Criminals, Silver Coin, to name a few, for Image, and Sex Criminals, uh, notably, is a lot more of mature of a book than you know what he's going to present in Daredevil. What Marvel, what Disney would even allow him to present? And you look at sort of the other side of the aisle and see DC. And most of their mainline books d- are, are kind of the same thing. Everything's a little PG-13 at, at best. Of course, every one of the publishers has sort of like kid-friendly books, as they should, you know. If, if I had children, I would want them to read age-appropriate stories while still being able to appreciate the comic form. But what I love that DC has has done is they've continued Vertigo through the Black Label imprint, and you get stories with your favorite characters that are more unshackled. Now, that's not to say, when I, when I talk about unshackled, or if I talk about mature, I'm not talking about pornographic. You know, if you scroll through the pre-orders any given week on Midtown, or wherever you buy your comics from, you know, there, there are these very adult comics that are probably they are marketed as sort of seemingly animated pornography and if that is your thing then that is your thing I am hella libertarian you will find no judgment from your humble host however not really how I get my jollies so I don't read those books and you know DC black label almost started out this way. The first issue of Batman damned had Bruce Wayne's big old bat dick and they got feedback rightfully. So that, Hey, does, did this need to be in the book? Do we, did we need to see Bruce Wayne's penis for the sake of seeing Bruce Wayne's penis? Did it add anything to the story? And since DC retracted the book, and printed a cleaner version of it. I guess the answer was no, and I'm fine with being having the answer be no. I own that issue. I do not own the 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 version of it that has Bruce Wayne's dick. Now I will say I don't like their quote unquote prestige format. So it doesn't it doesn't fit in my short boxes the way my other books do. So I really wish they would kind of go. I wish they would stick to the traditional comic form. But at the same time, I've had the privilege of reading books like Batman Three Jokers, the rest of uh, Batman Damned, Um, currently reading Batman Catwoman, because if you if you look over Kyle Collects Comics, you will see I am a whore for Tom King. I love Tom King's writing. I think he's the best writer in comics. You can fight me on that. I'll defend it. That's not to say there aren't other great writers like Donnie Cates, who I left out of my Marvel mentions. Uh, Donnie Cates is fantastic. Jonathan Hickman is fantastic, just to name a few. Uh, James Tenyon is doing great work. Scott Snyder is doing great work. There's so many names out there. But to me, as far as capturing the sort of like emotional nature of the characters he's writing about, I believe Tom King is unsurpassed. And what I like is that DC black label gives him a chance to continue some of the stories he was telling, especially within his Batman story is continuing in Batman Catwoman. And it's kind of no holds barred. The story can be whatever it needs to be. Now, obviously Batman and Catwoman in that story, you know, this talks about their married life, their life together and sort of what came after. So whereas in the main bat book, Romance can be implied, but you have to sort of like pretend, oh, they didn't have a sex life in the Batman Catwoman book. While, you know, it's not like reading an issue of Hustler, you can you can be more frank and more open about how these characters would have realistically interacted with each other. And I think the books benefit from that. So I'm also reading Tom King's Strange Adventures. Again, it is the same thing. There is a part of the book that sort of deals with Adam Strange's and Alana's, like, child, and the fact that, you know, like, they have sex in the book. It's not graphic, but the characters did that, and they're allowed to do it. And again, it's it's better because they can't include this versus... You know, having to sort of gloss over it for the sake of mass appeal. So DC Black Label, good on you. So many great series. I hope you guys check them out. I I've had uh the many deaths of Vic Sage for the question in my Amazon wish list forever. Um, which brings me to another point on DC Black Label this is his all top-tier talent. Their comic. Comic publishers have a roster. Let's be honest about that. Every comic publisher, I think you can say, has some very top-tier talent. They have some sort of mid-level talent. They probably have some guys that maybe do one book and then just kind of drop out. It doesn't sell well. Maybe they go back to publishing for a a lower-level like indie publisher. So... I try to stay positive. I try to be a good fan. There's only, I would say one comic series in the last couple of years that I've read that I actively disliked that I thought was actually garbage. There are some books that I read that I say, Hey, this is good, but maybe I'm not, maybe it doesn't get, you know, it doesn't get my money the next time an issue comes out. I, I, you know, maybe I have no issue in collecting it, but I am a pretty big Ant-Man fan and Your humble host is just going to say, Zeb Wells' work on Ant-Man, the last six issues he did, were absolute trash. Just putting that out there, it was six issues of absolute trash that should have never been published. I would have preferred there not to be an Ant-Man book versus the Ant-Man book that we got. Not only was it shackled by Marvel's just sort of white bread approach to most comic books, it was just... It was a shit story. It didn't move the character at all. It puts Ant-Man in this little insect-like oriented sandbox that that doesn't work. They tried the same thing with Spider-Man many times where you get like his animal-based villains and it's, it's the C and D list tier villains within his realm. So stop, Marvel. Now, I'm saying Marvel hasn't done anything like DC Black Label currently. And there's no reason to think they will in the future. So I will give Marvel all the credit for making some of their Disney Plus shows like Falcon Winter Soldier, WandaVision, a little edgier than I actually thought that they would be. But I feel like Marvel, there's always going to be a line with the mouse Maybe they cross it when they do finally get around to making Deadpool 3. We'll see. But in the comic realm, not since Marvel Max, have they shown a willingness to go very adult with their comics. And just to avoid speaking from a place of ignorance, I have not read anything in Marvel Max. So again, certainly looked at a bunch of them. However, when I think about characters, when I think about stories and things like that, There's no arcs that come to mind that happen within Marvel Max that make me want to throw some dollars down to obtain those books. I mean, obviously, your boy does pretty well in the real world, but there are still bills to pay. There are still other priorities in my life other than comic books. So what's going to get my dollars is good independent books or some of these edgier DC Black Label books and, you know, I, I do read a few mainline series like Thor Fantastic Four in Marvel who are written by some of Marvel's better talent, but not necessarily on the edge you're end. They're just books that I enjoy. So, Marvel, I would absolutely love you if you if if you decided to compete with DC and try to outdo them on their own turf and launch an adult imprint. Marvel, I implore you, adults still read your comic books. Adults would like adult-friendly comic books, not porn, but adult-friendly mature stories that involve the Marvel characters. Rant over. Moving on to Modoc, which actually... As as I was just bitching about Marvel's lack of adulthood in the comic realm, we get a pretty good grown-up TV series. Now I'm gonna I'm not gonna like spoil anything. This is a very high-level review of Modok. First of all, I'm just gonna start off by saying I liked it. It was pretty good. I don't. I'm having a hard time thinking what keeps it from being great. I mean, I would say just spitballing. It's not, it has some heart, not a lot. I don't, I didn't have much emotional involvement with the characters, but then again, the show isn't really there for that. The show's there for laughs and they're there in every episode. The one thing I would sort of temper with modok is to say it's robot chicken and if you haven't watched an episode of robot chicken i think it's been off the air a few years now like it's done in that same sort of kind of claymation style a little bit more high techy um this time around but the the style of the show is still the same there's kind of like these these quips and one-liners from the characters and for the most part they work I think the idea was to take the, take the people who probably watched Robot Chicken in the early 2000s and to just give those people a Marvel show. Now, is it connected in any way to the MCU? Absolutely not. Iron Man is still alive. There's plenty of references to Fantastic Four, X-Men, which to me actually is a boon to the show because like you sort of get all of Marvel in, in there. Modok interacts with kind of like every every piece that you'd really want him to, and while still sort of staying within its lane. So again, it's got a little heart. It's got plenty of laughs. Is it for everyone? No, but if you are a fan of Robot Chicken, you'll probably like it. So what's coming up? What? Where can you find more Planet X content? Well as I said at the top of the show, you can find me on Instagram at planet X pod, all one word on Twitter at planet underscore X underscore pod. Cause someone else had previously had my dream and they took the Twitter handle. I would have wanted for myself, but that's neither here nor there. And of course we have a Facebook page, planet X pod. That Facebook page is where we live stream. New shit has come to light currently streaming most Saturday nights, Probably going to move it to Thursday once Loki starts airing. So, but you can find myself and Jason from This Dad Does Disney and Tonight We Marvel talking about all things current in the MCU. Our typical format there is we talk about the current week's episode. It is very spoilery and it is very, in the vein of DC Black Label, it is very grown up. It is a grown up adult conversation for adults who like Marvel, and actually for anyone who likes Marvel, we have kids that listen who probably shouldn't, but we'll take our viewers and our listeners as we can get them. We also stream on the Stereo app, so you can follow me at Planet X Pod on the Stereo app and listen to our show weekly as we break down all things MCU. I thank you for joining me. In this new episode of Planet X Podcast, my little aliens, we'll see you next time. Transmission is now complete.